Hey guys, hey truthers. Thank you, Ryan Bailey, for coining that. I'm obsessed with it. Um, Welcome back to another episode of So True with Sophie Ross. Today is a solo episode. It is just you and me. I don't even have Bob here, my amazing producer. It's just me talking into a mic alone in my apartment. But there's so much to talk about, especially Katie and Tom divorcing. Katie and Tom from Vanderbilt Rules, which I'm so excited to talk about. Yeah, so I have always been very, like, I've done a lot of podcasts where I'm a guest. And, um, you know, I feel comfortable having a conversation with someone. I can, like, literally have a conversation with a brick wall. But um, there's something about, like, a solo episode that's, like, very, like, scary to me. So I feel like I'm conquering my fears right now. Actually, the one time I did do a solo episode for someone who another podcast had asked me to... And then I recorded it and then sent them the file and then they like never used it because they probably hated it. So like I might be really bad at solo episodes. I don't know, but what an intro. Anyone who's still listening at this point, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I am really, really, really excited for this podcast in general I'm really excited for some of the guests I have lined up. I do have a lot of exciting guests lined up in the next few weeks. So I am excited for that. And um, yeah, this is a podcast, by the way, brought to you by Adormi Lingerie. And Adormi Lingerie is actually my employer. I work for Adormi and they trusted me enough to sponsored this podcast and um, made this all possible. So thank you, Adormi Lingerie. And when I say that I love Adormi, I'm not saying that because I'm biased and because I work there. Like, it's actually, like, just amazing, affordable sets, bras, underwear, um, really great bathing suits, the softest PJs ever. Again, I'm not just saying this. Um, I really do love Adormi. So check it out. Thank you, Adormi, for sponsoring. and. Thank you so much to Bob, my producer, who is going to listen to this recording soon. And hopefully I <laughs> hopefully I'm not messing things up while he's not here. But yeah, Bob is the best. He actually has a ton of experience with producing Bob Mallory, by the way, producing, sound mixing. He's worked with Kings of Leon and Paul McCartney. I was like, <laughs> you've gone from working with the Beatles to working with me. Like, that sucks. I'm sorry. But thank you, Bob. We love Bob. Um, So, yeah, let's um, get into it. There's a lot of exciting things to cover. So let's go. One, two, three, four. Okay, now let's get into it. The number one thing I think we all want to talk about right now, because I have been obsessed with reading about all of us. It's been kind of in the news for a few weeks, but now it's official that Tom Schwartz and Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules are divorcing. And again, the rumors have kind of been like floating around for several weeks. Slash, I mean... If you want to say months, years, honestly, because I think everyone was saying there that Katie and Tom, you know, were not doing so hot since 
you know, the season that they got married. And (laughs) if anyone remembers that, I think it was season five. That was the season when Katie told Tom his dick doesn't work. Um, And everyone was kind of shocked that they even made it down the aisle. But anyway, that doesn't matter. That was in 2016. So props to them for making it all the way to 2022. Um, But I'm so sorry to hear this news. So it had been reported by The Sun, I think like two days prior to them releasing their statements. But I'll just go ahead and read the statements. This was Katie's. Um, Katie wrote on Instagram, I never thought I would have to make an announcement like this, but I feel it's important that I'm open about my life with you. After 12 years on an adventure through life together, Tom and I are ending our marriage. This ending is not met with resentment or animosity, no sides to choose. We have deep admiration for one another that will always remain and we cherish our friendship. Although we may be on different paths, we will continue to love and support one another's happiness. Thank you all for the kind words and support. Very, you know, simple to the point. Um, she also posted some photos with Tom. Um, really sad. A lot of the comments are like, I have watched, and I mean, as someone who's watched Vanderpump Rules since season one, and I think it was 2012, yeah, we've been like along this journey with them. So yeah, it does feel like we know them. So sad. And then Schwartz's caption. Schwartz's caption also was very, um, I'll just read it. I'll just read it also. Schwartz writes, well, this sucks. How am I supposed to capture 12 years of love in a fucking canned Instagram caption? What picture am I supposed to use? Is there a go-to breakup font? Wanted to clear the air. And for the record, they both use the same font. So there was some coordination here with the font. Wanted to clear the air and some rumors floating around. Katie and I are separating. I'm not quite ready to use the D word because it's too painful. Yes, my heart aches, but I'll be okay. Not looking to evoke any sympathy here. I'm not the victim. Not going to write too sad a song. Fully respect Katie's decision. Katie's decision. Katie's decision. And we've had healthy, productive conversations about it. It would be far sadder if she decided to stay with me whilst not happy. After nine years on a reality TV show, it feels a little tone deaf to say, quote unquote, please respect our privacy, especially while posting this. So instead, I'll ask to please be kind. I actually love that because I hate when celebrities say please respect or reality TV stars or whoever it is. It's like you're a public figure. I'm sorry. You don't really get that much privacy anymore. But anyway, he says, next, I don't fault you for any snap judgment. If I was watching us on VPR for the last nine years, I'd be making them too. And that's, you know, great self-awareness. Perception gets skewed because of seeing snippets of our lives on the show, but I'm telling you we had some of the most blissful, romantic, fun times humanly possible over the course of our relationship. I'm talking heaven on earth level joy. She taught me so much about love and being a better partner. I think that that part is actually really sweet because we do see, you know, only snippets of relationships. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, Schwartz continues, it's hard not to feel like a statistic. Another failed marriage. I don't look at it as a failure. As sad as I am, still happy to say there's no anger or bitterness. Zero. Still so much love for you at Music Kills Kate and your family. I don't think we were ever a model couple. Maybe we were model divorcees. A dubious title, I suppose. 
Also, I'm aware of the tragedies taking place in the world right now. I have perspective here. I'll be fine. So I'll shut up now and say it one last time. Love you, bub. Always and forever, you'll be in my heart. On my ass, maybe not so much. So I take that last part to mean he's getting the Bubba tattoo removed. So, and then he also posted some sweet photos. So yeah, just a very heartfelt statement. And obviously, you know, like I said, those of us who have been watching Vanderpump Rules for a decade now, how crazy is it that it's been a decade? We've been watching them for 10 years. Um, So yeah, we feel like we know them. We're emotionally invested and- It is definitely sad. I think, again, a lot of us are probably not the most surprised. For some reason, it's not surprising, but it still feels shocking. Like, we all knew that they would probably be happier with other people. I think, you know, that's not a controversial statement to say if you watch Vanderpump Rules. Um, They never seemed very compatible. Remember when Schwartz poured a drink on Katie? Like, they both kind of bring out the worst in each other. And I know that some people are like, oh, my God, good for Schwartz. Or people are like, good for Katie. I'm like, good for both of them, honestly. They're both, you know, they both have good qualities and they both have dark sides that we've seen on the show. And I think being together brought out their dark side. But yeah, I always kind of like assumed that they were too entrenched, enmeshed. I don't know what the right, the right word is. Enmeshed in each other's lives through Vanderpump Rules, through the show, um, their income, their friend group. Um, like the sunk, I guess there's the sunk cost fallacy when you feel like you've already, you know, invested so much time into something. It's like, oh my God, well, I can't freaking, it'll be all for nothing if I give up now. Um, so I commend them and yeah, I also feel like they're both kind of like, I don't know. They're both kind of a little bit lazy. We've seen, I mean, with the Schwartz and Sandy's stuff, you know, we saw, we saw kind of, I think that Sandoval is like a really, really, really intense business partner. And Schwartz is a little more type B, I would say. And I think that Katie just took a while to find her niche. But so Katie did release a podcast episode on her podcast, You're Gonna Love Me. And she kind of got into, it was a quick 20 minute listen if you want to listen to it. But she got into more details and insight, gave us more insight into why she decided to make this decision. And she did confirm it was her decision. So I'm just going to summarize some of the tidbits from the podcast episode if you are not planning on listening. Katie said the separation was not decided this week or yesterday or the day before. She said it's been a little bit of time now. It's been a little over a month since we've been separated, but the transition so far is going really well. It's been peaceful and loving. And that was kind of a theme. She was getting emotional throughout the podcast recording, but she made it clear that it was a very peaceful and loving separation. They still live together in their Valley Village home. It's important to them to not make anyone choose sides. There was no crazy incident or fight that led to the decision. Katie confirms it was her decision and it was the hardest and most painful decision she's ever had to make. The only way to describe it is waking up. 
This is what she said. I'm quoting her. Waking up inside of my life and hearing this voice that became louder and louder. She just couldn't ignore it anymore is essentially what she said. Um, She got really emotional and said that, you know, events from the past were coming into focus and she was feeling the weight on her. She wanted to deny them. She wanted to push them out of her head because she loves Tom. They've built a life together. She wanted to be with him forever, but ultimately she wasn't happy. So she she chose herself. Um, that was kind of a big theme that she was just, she realized she wasn't happy and she chose herself. So props to Katie for making that decision. Um, she said for a long time, she sat with it. She thought about it. She didn't talk about it with anyone. She wanted to know if there's something else in her life that was making her so unhappy, but it just became so clear that she couldn't deny it anymore. It was the hardest thing to accept. She really prioritized Tom and their future, um, but she wasn't prioritizing herself or her happiness. And that was weighing on her. And there were so many happy moments day to day, but ultimately she wasn't fulfilled. And she realized the choice she had to make was to open up and kind of tell Tom how she was feeling. Um, and she knew that he was under a lot of stress with his family and his bar opening, and she didn't want to add on to that. But she realized she needed to prioritize herself and her happiness. She said it got to a point where she felt like she was going to burst. For months, it was building up. She felt disconnected, like she was drifting further away. And it's just so devastating. I personally have never gotten divorced because I've never been married. But, you know, from what I've heard, it's just the most painful and awful thing, obviously. Um, Ryan Bailey, who I just spoke to, Ryan Bailey, um, he has been divorced and he, you know, said that even this is is kind of, it can be triggering. Um, it's just really sad. Anyway, I'll keep summarizing what she said. Um, she said that telling Tom was the hardest part. It was the hardest thing she had to do. She knew it was going to crush him. She said they'd had many conversations before this and they just want to be supportive of one another she says, it's really scary to think about the future sometimes. And it's hard to picture the future when you're in the middle of all of this. Um, she says, at times I'm hopeful. I feel strong convictions. I know I'm tough. I feel really strongly that I'm doing the right thing, but it doesn't make it easier. She says, it's hard not to think of the best times and your wedding and wanting to cling on to those times. Like, maybe is this the wrong thing? But when everything else is burning inside of you and telling you you deserve more, you have to listen to that. The separation has been peaceful. It's been loving. It's been the best case scenario I could hope for or want. And actually, Katie and Tom were just spotted going out together. And I think the reason they can go out and be amicable is because they like were not in love at the end, is my personal theory. She says telling their loved ones was really hard because she said divorce can be embarrassing. It can make you feel like a failure. And she didn't think she was going to start a frenzy when she reposted Kim Kardashian's quote about choosing happiness, but it did cause a frenzy. So yeah, that's what, that's what Katie said here. And it's just, I, I wish them both the best. It's just, you know, a really devastating situation, but I think ultimately they're both going to be happier. I think this is very exciting for both of them and also very exciting for us, the viewers of Vanderpump Rules. Because let's face it, the past few seasons, I would say season seven was, was that? No, Jackson Brittany's wedding was season eight. So I feel like season eight, or maybe it was season seven. In any case, the season that Jackson Brittany got married, 
was the season that it started to go very, very downhill. And it was starting to go downhill after the first, like, three seasons just because we weren't having, like, the Jax, Kristen, Stassi love triangle and all of the chaos and fist fights that it brought. But I would say that Jax and Brittany Wedding was the demise. And then season eight was, yeah, season eight was terrible. Season nine, the most recent season, was like, they were trying. You could tell they were trying. But I can't even really think of anything memorable that happened other than, I guess, James. James and Raquel getting engaged. And now, you know, obviously they're broken up. Um, yeah, I can't even think of like anything really. I know that Ariana and Lala butted heads. Lala was like an asshole, but for the most part, nothing really happened in season nine. Oh, there was like the Brock Sheena of it all, which was definitely kind of entertaining to watch because Brock kind of became the new Jax Taylor-esque villain. So, but that's about it. Anyway. I think that it it just brings all of us such great joy to know that season 10 will be filled with not only the aftermath of the Katie and Tom divorce, but the aftermath of the Lala and Rand breakup and the aftermath of the James and Raquel breakup. So even though, you know, all of these these couples have sadly separated and are probably heartbroken. It's really great for us viewers because it's going to be breathing life. And it's honestly great for them because the show was on its last legs before that, before all of these breakups, I feel like. So it should definitely be must-see TV, I would say. Season 10 of Vanderpump Rules. So I think that's just great news all around. It's good for us. It's good for Bravo. It's good for the VPR cast members. I know a lot of people have said for a long time, including myself, that VPR could really, you know, benefit from a complete revamp with, like, you know, the original, because the original lightning in a bottle Vanderpump Rules, it really did capture lightning in a bottle, was the starving, desperate, waiters working at pump or working at sir duh before social media even existed and i feel like it, there's no good way to like articulate this and i feel like I, i'm probably rambling and this is why i like hate solo episodes because there's no one to like cut me off when i'm rambling but i guess my point is that i think this is something that finally keeps me interested in the OGs, the Van- Vanderpump OGs. I never think we'll fully be able to like capture the magic of seasons one through three of Vanderpump, which is, by the way, peak reality television. Honestly, there has never been better reality TV. I don't think that we'll ever be able to fully capture that again. Like I said, it was lightning in a bottle, but. I think that, you know, finding some new young waiters, like I love Charlie, love Charlie so much. I should ask Charlie to come on. So true. I definitely will reach out to her. I love Charlie so much. So all of these breakups are getting me interested in the OGs again. I'm less focused on them bringing in new blood because I don't think that they'll ever be able to capture that again because now social media exists. So 
Now, anyone who goes on Vanderpump Rules or any reality show for that matter, we know is like kind of trying to get famous. Whereas, honestly, when you went on reality TV shows, like before social media, you were kind of taking a massive risk and maybe potentially ruining your life, knowing that you would maybe never get hired again. But now with social media, it's like, duh, you're going to, you know, as soon as you get some Instagram followers, that's, you know, your career. You quit your your beer sales job. Um, anyway, again, I'm rambling. I was thinking of The Bachelor, which I will get to. I'm going to get to The Bachelor finale because we need to talk about that. And also, I wasn't watching, for the record, I wasn't watching any of the season because I'd like quit The Bachelor and I had announced that I'd quit The Bachelor because Clayton was like such an odd choice. And I was just over it. it like, it, it, it was just so boring. But all of the freaking, it worked when all of the freaking Bachelor Eberty, Bachelor Nation, I was trying to say Bravo Liberties, but for Bachelor stars, Bachelor Eberties. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, all of the Bachelor Nation people, like Nick Vile, my arch nemesis, who I tweeted, by the way, that I get irrationally angry when I, scenic vile. And of course he ended up being on the live finale. Like, of course that's why he was hyping it up. Like I believed it. I was like, oh my God, it actually is the most dramatic bachelor finale ever because look at all of these like bachelor nation alums, alums. I don't, I never know how to say alum, alum correctly. I'm so sorry. But anyway, I really bought into it and was like, this must be the most dramatic finale ever. And it like kind of was, but it also wasn't. It was kind of a letdown, but I'll get into that. Another thing that I really just cannot stop reading about is, you know, when you like, I saw a meme that was like someone having their downfall and then like me just watching because I prayed for it. Um, Baker Mayfield, who is the Cleveland Browns quarterback, has had me blocked on Twitter since 2018 and before you ask, I'll just explain. It was really like, it's a nothing burger. It's like a, a such a pointless story. But I was just kind of like, you know, chirping at him on Twitter because I, as many people know, am a diehard Cincinnati Bengals fan from Cincinnati. So I do not like the Cleveland Browns. And I thought that he was getting a little cocky. And, you know, I was just chirping at him. It was like some light chirping. And he, like, blocked me. So it's like I'm blocked by an NFL quarterback on Twitter, which is just, it's the best thing he could have done because it's like, I love bragging about it. So in addition to Baker Mayfield, I'm now blocked. I would say the three biggest celebrities that have blocked me are Baker Mayfield, Kendall Jenner, and I told this story on the podcast Blocked Party hosted by John Cullen. And I highly recommend listening to that episode. I think you can just, I think it's called Kendall Jenner versus Sophie Ross. If you want to look that up and listen to the story behind that, maybe I'll save that story for like a whole other episode. Um, and Jax Taylor, speaking of Vanderpump, I mean, everyone's been blocked by Jax. Getting blocked by Jax is a rite of passage. So I definitely wear all three of those kind of as a badge of honor. Um, I tell anyone who listens that I've been blocked by Baker Mayfield, Kendall Jenner, Jax Taylor. 
Um, anyway, so Baker has been like so cocky. And I know that like a lot of people that are into pop culture like don't care about sports. And I really don't care about sports at all, except for the NFL because I love the Bengals. Apparently, there's like a lot of stuff happening in the Cincinnati Reds right now, but I could not care less about baseball because it's extremely boring to me. Quick trigger warning that we are about to discuss sexual assault. So please decide to continue listening accordingly and please take care of yourself if this stuff can be triggering to you. So the Browns kind of leaked the story that they are in talks with Deshaun Watson, who some people might know Deshaun Watson as the Houston Texans quarterback, who was accused of sexual assault by 22 different women. And they were primarily masseuses at a massage parlor. And he, I guess they decided not to press charges. But as we all know, just because they're not pressing charges does not mean that he has been cleared or that he's innocent. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But for right now, the NFL is letting him play. And we'll see what team ends up, you know, taking that on because I feel like Deshaun Watson, like, who knows what's going to happen with that. There's 22 women. There's 22 women. Right when Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, who many people know is an alleged rapist. And yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, not a good guy, has you know, on multiple occasions been accused of rape and forcing women into bathroom stalls and things like that. And so he finally retired and he was in, you know, the Bengals division also along with the Browns. So it's like, why does the AFC North always have to have a alleged rapist quarterback? I don't get it. But anyway, Baker Mayfield released a long statement to Cleveland because, you know, I guess he wants to leave now that the Browns have kind of soured their relationship with him by shopping for another quarterback, leaking the story, shopping for another quarterback who's a rapist also. And I'm no Baker Mayfield fan, but it does sound like the Browns kind of screwed him over. He thanked the city of Cleveland in his statement. He said it'll always be in his heart or a part of his family. Um, so yeah, best of luck, Baker. I would tweet at you, but you would never see it. So, I mean, honestly, I hope Baker keeps me blocked because again, it's just like such a fun story to tell. (laughs) Such a fun, fun story. Not a fun story, but a fun thing to brag about because he blocked me for nothing. Like he's so sensitive. And that is that is also why I think, by the way, for anyone who still cares about football, who's still listening to the segment, um, I think that Baker is very in his head. And I relate to that because I feel like, you know, I I would get very nervous. I would like shit my pants if I had to like perform a sport in front of millions of people on national television. Like that's like really intense. So, like, I relate to that. Like, I would be shitting my pants. I don't know how people are so relaxed. Like, Joe Burrow is, like, so calm, cool, and collected. But I think that that 
he is like very emotional, sensitive and in his head, just like I am. Like I care about what people think of me. He cares about what people think of him, um, which, you know, makes him get in his head. I relate, Baker. I totally relate. So yeah, that's where I think Baker struggles. And, you know, I'm such an NFL, like sporty football expert. Anyway, I'll stop talking about football. I just wanted to talk about that because I've just been reading about it obsessively. Um, reading the updates, Russell Wilson, Sierra's husband, he was the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, but he just got traded to the Denver Broncos. So if you live in Denver, be on the lookout for Sierra and Russell Wilson in the next few months because they'll be moving there. Moving on to another thing that I am obsessed with right now, Top Chef. There's only been one episode of the new season, but it is Dallas. Am I making, or Houston? (laughs) I think it's Houston. (laughs) I'm getting my Texas cities mixed up. I'm sorry. But yeah, so far it's great. I honestly can't even remember any of the contestants' names right now because it's only been one episode, but it's a very underrated Bravo show that I feel like I need to see more people talking about. I always see the Housewives tweets. We see the Pump Rules tweets. I need, you know, some Top Chef fandom to appear also because I'm not seeing it out there. I need the Top Chef fans to to really step it up. Even though, you know, last season was not an ideal ending, I think that myself and a lot of people were rooting for Dawn and or Shoda, especially after basically Gabriel, who ended up winning last season of Top Chef. Can't even remember which city it was. I'm sorry. Um, I knew it was Portland. I knew it was, I was about to say Top Chef Portland. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to say that in case I'm wrong. And then I looked it up and it was Top Chef Portland. So I was right. Anyway, so Gabe ended up winning Top Chef Portland, season 18 of Top Chef, the last season that aired before this one, over Don and Shoda, the fan favorites who everyone loved. I think Shoda actually did win fan favorite. He won $10,000, which they do every season. I love, love him. Love him so much. So yeah, instead of Don and Shoda winning, Gabe did. And Gabe had been accused of sexual harassment by a woman that worked at his restaurant. Apparently they had had an affair and it did not turn out well between them. Um, And also the restaurant industry is already like, as many people know, rife with harassment and sexual misconduct. So yeah, he had been fired for the sexual misconduct. So it was just a big mess. He ended up, those, I guess it didn't really come out. No one had been aware of it on the Top Chef set apparently. That's that's what they said. So he ended up winning Top Chef anyway. Everyone was very disappointed by it. But I have bigger dreams. I have big hopes and dreams for this season. And it's just one of my favorites. And it's also one of the best shows you can just binge on Hulu. It's a really, really, really fun show to binge. Trust me, even though I've seen all the seasons, I just like love binging them all the time. 
Like I said, I work at a dormy lingerie and I'm not just saying this because I work for them. I really, really, really do love their products. Amazing, affordable sets, sleepwear, lingerie, bras and panties, swimwear, everything you need, loungewear, also activewear and sports bras too. And when you get the Adormi Elite Box, you get to try everything on from the comfort of your own home. And you keep what you love and send back the rest of the products. And yeah, it's super easy. No dressing rooms, super flexible. You can try on styles and see what you love. And it makes bra shopping so much easier. And again, no dressing rooms is really key. Okay, now let's talk about things I am cringing at. The Bachelor finale. Like I said, I did not watch any of the season except the finale. I really just bought into all of the stupid, stupid hype. And it was like not worth it. So basically what happened, whether you watched it or not, I'm going to, you know, just go ahead and say what happened. So spoiler, I guess it's like it already aired. So like, what am I spoiling? Basically, as many of us know, Clayton is now with Susie. But on the show, on the finale, he, it all started with him sleeping with Gabby and Rachel, the other two women that were left in his final three during fantasy suites. They saved Susie for last. I guess he decided he loved Susie last, but she stipulated that, you know, the fact that he had been intimate with the other two women was a deal breaker for her. And I guess, you know, accusations of gaslighting were thrown out there with Clayton and other people, you know, saw Clayton's side and said Susie should have made that clear that that was a deal breaker for her. But either way, Susie went home and then it was just Gabby and Rachel. They met Clayton's family and Susie came back, met Clayton's family also. He got Susie to come back And their reunion was with his parents. Like, what? And then he broke up with both Gabby and Rachel at the same time, which was, like, definitely weird. Like, I feel like Clayton, from what I've seen, seems like he's, like, a pretty, like, just, like, genuine. Like, he seems like a a good enough guy. Like, I'm not getting any, like, weird ulterior motives. Like, he's kind of, like, dweeby and corny. but. I was very shocked by that part, that he dumped them both at the same time. It was like a group dumping. So that was like, it could have been a little more tactful, you know, I'm going to be honest. That wasn't like the, the best way to go about it. But he ended up dumping both of them, Gabby and Rachel. And Gabby was like super, super funny because he was like, can I walk you out? And she's like, no. She was very, I think Gabby is the one, again, I didn't watch this season. Gabby is the one that is in her 30s. She's very emotionally mature, knows what she deserves. And she was making it very clear that Clayton, you know, fucked up because he, I I guess I skipped some parts of the story. <laughs> because he admitted to Susie that he had slept with the other girls. And then he told the other girls that he had slept with both of them. And then 
I'm sorry, I'm explaining this in the most confusing way because it's so stupid. It's honestly stupid. So when Clayton told Rachel and Gabby that he had slept with both of them and that Susie had gone home, they were like, well, should we leave? Like, what do we do? And he like convinced them both to stay. Then like 24 hours later, Susie comes back. They all meet his parents. And then he's like, okay, never mind. I changed my mind about wanting you guys to stay. Like, actually, I love Susie. Bye. And it was like both of them together. And so, yeah, they left. Gabby was more pissed. Rachel was like hysterically sobbing. But they did seem very supportive of each other. And then Clayton proposes to Susie because she's come back already. And she says no, that she does not love Clayton. She is not in love with him the way that he is in love with her, which I thought was, you know, that was kind of shocking. That was a shocking, We've. I don't think we've ever seen that on The Bachelor. We've never seen someone reject uh, Leeds' proposal, like, at the proposal, and for her to be like, yeah, I'm just, like, not that into you, honestly. Like, that was kind of shocking. But then they go to the live finale hosted by Jesse Palmer, who replaced Chris Harrison. And they went to the live finale, and Clayton says that he is with one of the women from his season. And who comes out but Susie herself, who had just turned down his proposal— And so they're dating right now to this day. It reminds me a lot of Colton and Cassie from a few seasons ago, from Colton Underwood season. Um, So I don't give it long. I wish them the best. I just would not, you know, put money on this relationship lasting just because, you know, you know, I don't even have to explain it. But anyway, they announced Gabby and Rachel as joint bachelorettes, and they were going to be joint bachelorettes for the entire season, which they've never done before for American Bachelorette. I think they've done it for um, New Zealand Bachelorette, and they've done it on—they did it on F-Boy Island, if anyone watched that. Great show. Amazing show on HBO. So, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Good luck to all of them. I— May or may not tune in for Gabby and Rachel's season of being joint bachelorettes. I'm definitely intrigued. Even though I, you know, quit the show, I'm intrigued. So, yeah, another thing that I am, like, very much giving the side eye to is Kim Kardashian, per usual, but she went on Ellen DeGeneres' show, who also is an awful person. We've learned over the past year or two that Ellen is not a good person. But anyway, Kim was on Ellen's show and they were talking about Pete and she confirmed, you know, she's been confirming the Pete relationship, I would say, because she did in her Variety interview and she did in Vogue and she did on her Instagram. But she once again emphasizes that she is with Pete. I just think he was like, I want something that's there that I can't, you know, get rid of my tattoos because he's in the process of getting rid of his arm tats and his neck tats. So he's like, I don't want to be able to get rid of it or to cover it up. And I just wanted it like there as like a scar on me. Anyway, she went on Ellen and she was elaborating more about her relationship with Pete and said that not only does he have Kim tattoos, he has one tattoo, I guess, that says, 
my girl is a lawyer, which, Kim, you're like technically not a lawyer. You passed a a baby bar. Um, There was no law school involved. I don't know. I'm, I'm confused about Kim bragging about being a lawyer, not only on Pete's body, but like on the Ellen show. So that's, that's definitely confusing for me. But the more confusing part was that he got his, what people thought was a tattoo that just said Kim on his chest is actually not a tattoo. It's a branding. So it's like, he can't ever get this removed. Cause she said that he's like gotten tattoos removed. He can't ever get this removed. He is branded with her name for life. And I think that like, she was expecting the audience to be more like, oh, that's so cute. But like, everyone was like really weirded out by it. Like, what is with these, these couples? Like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox drinking each other's blood. Um, Kim K having her name branded on Pete's body. I'm sure Travis and Courtney are about to do something weird as well if they haven't already. I'm sure they have, and I'm just not remembering. But anyway, I don't know. I feel like they're like all trying to be like Pam and Tommy, which also great show. Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Definitely suggest watching that. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I still have like two episodes left, but great so far. I am excited to finish it. I am adding it, you know, adding the next few episodes to the long list of things I still need to watch. So I'll let you know when I finish it. I am actually about to turn on Deep Water with Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas, also on Hulu, which I heard is very spicy and fun. So I will let you know what I think of that one as well. Yeah, that about wraps it up for my solo episode. I feel like there are other things I could talk about, but I have so many exciting guests slated that I kind of want to save some of these things for when the guests are here, some of these topics. But I hope you enjoyed some of the things I touched on today. Thank you for listening to my solo up. I hope it was okay. I get really nervous about solo ups. I really, really you know, feel like I need someone to bounce off of. But you know what? I think I kind of did okay today. I conquered my fears. Like, thank you for helping me get over my fears. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Bob Mallory, who is going to have quite a job to do with the editing of this one because of all of the times that I messed up and started over on a sentence because I'm alone. And I'm so bad alone. Um... (laughs) I'm so annoying. I need to keep saying that. I need to keep just doing solo episodes so I get used to it and better at it because it's the only way to do it. But thank you so much, Bob. You're the best. Bob Mallory. Thank you to Adore Me for sponsoring this. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you to everyone who's given us a five-star review so far. If you want to give us a five-star review, either in the podcast app or Spotify, that would be so appreciated. I would love it so much. Thank you. See you next time. No, I never play around.